Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars? With Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Well, Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic All for the Win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. I like what's going on here, Tate. They're pitting Cheez-It versus Pringles. Uh, you have to pick a side. You have to stock up, and you have to go for the win. No purchase necessary. Um, I also couldn't help but notice this is a celebrity celebrity basketball game, Tate. So, mm, interesting. Mm. Mm. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, something really makes you think. Uh, today we are doing good guy, bad guy, cow guy. That's that's the that's on the docket for Tuesday. Uh, it always is. Tate is in North Carolina, though. That's what's interesting. That's the that's the little wrinkle we we have today. So out. Kyle and I are currently in Hollywood, California, and Tate Frazier is on the East Coast doing East Coast things. Tate, your thoughts, Kyle? That is the first time anyone has called someone a sellout for being in North Carolina <laughs> rather than Hollywood. <laughs> It's a great point. First time since Andy Griffith, I think. Great point. Uh, we we have a ton to get to. Um, we might as well just get to it, right, Tate? Let's get to it. Good guys, bad guys, cow guys, cows guys, cows guys, all ki- tons of guys. We're tons gonna of get guys to, to talk about. We're going to get to all of it, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate. It was a fun weekend in college basketball, surprisingly. Uh, It looked like there was two games going into the weekend that people should care about. Uh, Kansas-Villanova. You know, maybe you disagree. I thought Kansas-Villanova. I thought Gonzaga at North Carolina were going to be the two good games. Mm. Then the Crossroads Classic provides some action. Rob Finnessy hits a buzzer beater. That was cool. Uh, Auburn gets taken to OT at at UAB. Uh, what else happened? Like Syracuse loses the Old Dominion. Um there there's there's some stuff going on. Baylor Yeah, Baylor beats Arizona. Yeah, that's probably that's true. one of the games that yeah. stood out to us. That's something to talk about. Uh and then as you go through just like the docket of all the games that really mattered, it still all points back to Kansas, North Carolina, Gonzaga, and of course Villanova. Those four teams that we always want to talk about. I mean, SMU Georgetown was a fun game just because, you know, as I, as I've said before, I'm a Mustangs fan, so I wanted to talk about that game. Bucknell gave Ohio State a run, so we could no, probably we talk about talk, that we at don't some really point. Need to talk about that. Ohio, Ohio State <laughs> won. That's all that matters. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. They did win. Uh Buffalo. Number 14 in the country. The yeah. Nice nice win over the Saluski, Southern Illinois. That was something else that stood out to me. And then, uh, you know, Furman, again, UNCW. They just put 93 points on UNCW. Great great for that military school down Here's, in South Carolina. Really question, proud of those guys. Yeah, you're, you're over there now. Yeah, you're over by the military school, uh, Furman. Um, you're, you're in Carolina. Should, the, should we tar- start taking Furman seriously? They are undefeated, but they haven't really obviously played much of a schedule. That's why they're only ranked, I think, like 23rd maybe right now. Um, maybe they've maybe they've jumped yep. up. I, I didn't like your recent poll, um, but I don't know, dude. They 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 beat UNC Wilmington by forty three. That's not insignificant, right? And they've beaten they beat Villanova. I mean, you know, they. I don't know, man. It might be time to. Uh, I, yeah, 
I saw a Ken Palm uh, story that came out on The Athletic, and it was basically like, you know, something that you've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast before is that, you know, when you do make shots, you do look great. So, uh, you know, they made a lot of three-pointers in that game. I think they made like 17 threes against UNCW. And, uh, you know, Mounts, Clay Mounts is a guy that is interesting to talk about. And Bob Ritchie said that he, you know, he doesn't even know how good he can be yet, but he knows that uh, it's been fun to watch him play. But... Interesting enough, Kim Palm wrote that uh, you know three point shooting is random. I don't know if you've heard mm. this, but once once Kim Palm says it, it is a real thing. So uh, it is a random stat. Uh, the way that people defend threes is random, and sometimes it's all about the luck of the ball going in uh, and making shots. So I, I learned shots. that today. So I was happy. I was happy that I read that and learned that, and I'm happy that it's in the uh, ether of the world. So congratulations to all those nerds out there that figured that out. It's a fifty fifty thing. The ball goes in or it doesn't. And it's just a coin flip every time you're throwing it up there. Um, let's get in. Let's get into the segment because we 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 don't want to step on our own toes talking about some of these games when we 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 have to first dish out our good guys and our bad guys of the week. Uh, let's start as we always do with good guy. Who who was your good guy of the week? There are a lot of choices. I actually by the have way. gone. <laughs> there there's so many choices. So many I choices. kept going back and forth. I think uh, you actually, we actually had a document prepared for this podcast just because we're not in the studio together for the first time. And I wrote on there that Steve Offer was going to be my good guy of the week. And the reason that he can't be my good guy is because I watched this uh, halftime situation where um, uh, they had this little thing where, you know, you make the layup, make the free throw, make the three, make the half court shot, and then you win a car. And yes. we had someone do this at the UCLA game, a game that they ended up losing. And they said afterwards, after uh, this girl hits the shot, you know, it turns out that she's a sister of a former basketball player and you can't have basketball experience. So they don't give her the car for Wait, hitting what? all of the shots. But then, the, yes, yes. What? She, she did, she did, I sent you the video. She did all of this. She, she well, makes the layup, the video. makes I didn't free throw, makes a three. So she couldn't. They decided. Yeah, they decided that she cannot get the car that she was promised in the competition because she had basketball experience. Oh my god! Like, what does that even mean? Like, it, everyone has basketball. But that's experience, your problem. Right? That's your vetting process that you fucked up. You let them go, though. Right? You know what exactly, I mean? Kyle. Thank you. Everyone has it, basketball experience, you. do they not? I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, you. Well, sometimes. But like, I my will experience. Say this. It my was experience, very... Tate, is I, I played. I played at Ohio State. I went to the Final Four, for example. Oh, like man. this. this <laughs> but no, like, so if, if you play pickup basketball in your life, you're not allowed to to play in this contest. That's that's a, that's apparently in the fine print of this deal. So it was very semi pro level Jackie Moon stuff, you know, where <laughs> you know the, the guy hits a half court shot and they and they don't pay him out and it's like a big headache for everybody. That's what happened at UCLA. So that is not a very good guy move. So I have completely I decided against Steve Alford for good guy of the week because that is not a good guy move. That is a very bad guy move. So mm-hmm. take him out. And then I decided to go with Mick Cronin. Uh, of the Cincinnati Bearcats. And the reason I call him the good guy is because uh, it is fall graduation season. This is the time when, you know, you see the former players go back and they get their degrees and they have their cap and gowns on. But uh, before their game that they ended up losing, actually, uh, to Mississippi State, uh, Cincinnati, uh, Mick Cronin dressed up. He got the whole cap and gown on and he did his own graduation ceremony for uh, one of their players, Trey Scott. 
And uh, he gave him his diploma. He graduated in three and a half years. You can see Mick Cronin in the actual getup with the cap and gown on. And that is a very good guy move, you know, because it's all about schooling, you know, with these kids. It's not just about basketball, not about wins and losses. It's about, you know, getting these kids educated <laughs> and, and giving them an education. So very good guy move for Mick Cronin, you know, kind of deflect from the fact that they are losing a bunch of games this year. So good guy for me, Mick Cronin, uh, lost, the Cincinnati Bearcats. They beat Xavier. They, they lost a, they've, they've lost like the two games. I think they've only lost two. Two, actually, but it was the two games that they've played anyone that's even halfway decent. They got they lost to Ohio State at home to open the season, and, I, and then mm-hmm. they just lost to Mississippi State. Um, but they did beat Xavier Tate, so Mick Cronin uh, getting it done. They Xavier's kind of owned Cincinnati recently, so uh, that's all that matters, right? The fact that the fact yeah, that Mick Cronin right. is a, a good guy, it's is a good incredible. guy move. Good, good guy, Mick, legendary good guy, Mick Cronin. That's exactly what everyone thinks of when you think of Mick Cronin. Is <laughs> just what a great guy that guy is. Um, so yeah, that's the th- first thing that pops in my mind. There are a lot of choices. Uh, you could you could have gone with Bob Huggins. West Virginia is a little bit of a mess right now. Um, people are scratching their heads, wondering if Javon Carter can, can we get him a 29th year of eligibility. You get that joke, Tate? What, what you do is when guys have been yes. playing for a long time, you say, "Hey, he's been there 30 years, right?" He's still playing. Yeah. Oh my God. He's still playing. Oh shit. How does Maybe this work? Kyle's guy. It, it's co- <laughs> it's no, called Javon Carter. Is not right? actually. That's playing. what we decided. <laughs> I was about to say. I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, the Perry Ellis State. He's yeah, playing he's on the Grizzlies. He's playing on the Grizzlies. He got. He just. He finally. Uh, he got like his first. He got into his first game recently, right? And he was guarding. He was guarding Harden and Chris Paul. I, I saw some. Some somebody tweeted at us like a, a reel of Javon Carter basically picking up Harden and Chris Paul full court. And they look so fucking annoyed. They're like, dude, this is a regular season game. What are you doing? <laughs> we are not the YMCA yeah. right now. Calm down. Um, yeah, this is the NBA. We don't play defense. Could have gone with Bob Huggins. Could have gone with Matt Painter, uh, who who honored the 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 longstanding tradition of Purdue losing in the the Crossroads Classic, uh, losing to Notre Dame. Very good guy moving Matt Painter. He's going into that game. He's saying. What do we do here at Purdue? We lose in the Crossroads Classic, and and he continued that that <laughs> that streak. Um, could have gone with him, as you said. Offered, as a tradition, as you said, offered. Uh, Jay Wright has now lost two in a row at, at Villanova. He's 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 got some good guy vibes. I'm just throwing out all my nominees before I get to the real one. Uh, Ryan Odom, Mark Few, Mark, Mark Few Mark lost, Few's two, lost in two in a row. row. First time since 2014. But uh, as Dickie V told us, he's going to win 20 straight, so it'll be okay. It's it's all good. Uh, Ryan Odom, who is the coach, everyone remembers this, uh, UMBC's coach. UMBC is now six and six. They've lost five of their last seven. Uh, thought about him, you know, a lot, a lot of momentum coming into the season after beating Virginia and not exactly going as well as you would have liked. Uh, Josh Passner just lost to Gardner Webb at home by 10. (laughs) Um, and then Jim Beheim lost to Old Dominion. These are a lot of choices, but Tate, the man I went with. Is Sean Miller, who has oh yes, has lost two straight now. Just lost a, a horrible Baylor team, horrible, terrible Baylor team at home, fifty-eight to forty-nine. He didn't, he couldn't even score fifty points on the Baylor Bears. Uh, Sean Miller had, I think, I think Arizona has lost four games now because they lost two in Maui. Uh, they've lost two. I don't. They're, they're they're not making the tournament. And and this is like a larger discussion of the Pac-12 that the Pac-12 really might be a one big league. I mean, the the one team that people were semi excited about was Arizona state at this point in the season. And they just lost to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt kind of kicked their ass. Um, Oregon's a mess. Arizona, Arizona's a mess. I mean, like, is there a team in the pac 12 UCLA, as we know, yikes, USC double yikes. Um, the pac 12 might be a one big league. We really, that really might be a thing. 
I mean, it's not going to be like there's going to be they're going to there's going to be some sort of campaign to like convince people that that I don't know or, or, or there's going to be like two teams in the league that separate themselves from the pack and then everyone's going to think that like those two teams belong in and like somehow there's they're they're going to figure out a way to get more than one because you can't have one power conference or a power conference get one team in but I don't know like right now it really feels like none of these teams belong in the tournament and it's whoever wins the tournament. <laughs> The conference Yeah, and it is really interesting that the only team that really inspires any sort of hope, honestly, as far as you look at the the players that they have, is probably Arizona State. And we've seen I mean, them, you know, right. we've seen the story before. We saw it last year. They were the last undefeated team in the country. And then once we got to January, they just kind of, you know, went by the wayside. I don't know if they'll do that again with Dort, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And they obviously lost to a Vanderbilt team that didn't even have Garland playing, who's their, you know, going to be a top 10 pick probably. And obviously went out, you know, and got hurt earlier in the year. But uh, it is is interesting just looking at west coast basketball in general we did our west coast basketball podcast and we explained everything about west coast basketball maybe they just put it all under one thing you know one umbre- one umbrella for the whole west coast they, they don't even do the pac-12 or the mountain west or any of these other just was west coast basketball once we get mm-hmm. past you know i guess texas we just put them all on one side and we pick you know five teams we you know slap each other on the back and we obviously cal state northridge is the best west coast team i've seen all year um just you know for what godfrey's been able to do but from there i i don't know what team really stands out it's obviously not ucla i, I call them ucl lazy mm, they're just I like lazy that. Ooh, great great uh yeah Sean, uh, arizona though is it's 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 tough it's tough for arizona and and i guess you could you could point to the the fbi stuff they lost some of their recruits whatever um but come on at, at a certain point come on you, can, you can't lose to this this baylor team at home and score 49 points on them. That's bad. So, Sean Miller is my good guy of the week. Also, part of the reason he's my good guy, I had that sore throat like a couple weeks ago. Uh, or like Thanksgiving, whenever. When we went to Vegas, and I, I kind of got sick. Mm-hmm. I My cough from that, I, like I feel perfectly fine, but I've had a lingering cough, and it just like pops up every 15 minutes. I'll just let out like one cough. And I'm really, really worried that all my time making fun of Sean Miller's cough on the sideline is coming back to bite me. And I'm going to have... I'm, I've been, I, I've been bitten by the bug, and now I'm going to have the Sean Miller cough for the rest of my life. So there's also that well, going on. You, That's more of a personal you've thing. You've been though. bitten by the. <laughs> You've been bitten by the bit, you know, you leaned into exactly. it. It's kind of one of those things where <laughs> you, you, we've talked about it before, you know, as you start making fun of something, it's sort of uh, one thing that, you know, Bill used to do back in the day with his podcast, he'd make fun of Collinsworth for saying, you know, whatever, you know, random thing he would say. And then he eventually he, well, we got to talk about, or right, no, it's right. Phil Sims. We right. got to talk about, and then he started doing that because once you start making fun of something, it gets into your head and you start doing it. So I don't blame you, but I, you know, obviously if the F- FBI asks any questions to you, you know, you know what to do now, just cough and use every single prepositional mm. phrase you can to make sure that they have no idea what you're talking about. Mm. That's a very that's a very bad guy move. And speaking of bad guys, I have to get to my bad guy of the week, which is also Sean Miller. Oh, wow. Double dipping. Congrats, Sean. <laughs> who would have who thought? Who would have thought that Sean Miller could not only be a good guy for losing, but also be a bad guy? And I think it starts with me when I, you know, had to come to this. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It was hard for me to find a bad guy as I went around recruiting. Things aren't really happening in the world as we get closer to Christmas. People have already gotten their payments. They've already, you know, put their things on layaway, got them paid off by Tyler Perry. And, you know, all that sort of stuff has already happened. But uh, Quinterly, when he did the fake Instagram thing where he said, you know, my second choice for a reason, we talked about that before uh, Villanova went to play Kansas. Obviously, his first choice was Arizona. So a lot of people in the comments underneath are like, you know, transfer, bear down, come to Arizona, mm-hmm. come where you belong. Point guard you, and baby. Then, you know, I 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and then we, uh, you know, I looked at, I think I even said it on the last podcast, which, you know, I can't even remember what I said at that point, but because I couldn't breathe. But I said in the last podcast that I thought that, uh, you know, Arizona was kind of going by the wayside as GCU and all these other teams are starting to really drop bags in, in their area. But I didn't point out the fact that Arizona has the number one recruiting class next year coming in, despite all the FBI huh. stuff. We got Josh Green. <laughs> yeah. huh. Josh Green from IMG coming in, which is very interesting. Six foot six, five star. Nico Mannion, who's your boy. That's my uh, guy. Yeah. The redheaded yeah, the, the redheaded assassin, the point guard He's himself, six nasty. three point guard. Love that kid. It, don't you think it, he kind of reminds me of like Lonzo a little bit, the way he plays. He's yeah, obviously dude. a little bit shorter, but he he's, he's got that lankiness to him. He's absolutely nasty. He's not even nasty for like a redheaded white dude that doesn't look that good. He's like nasty for <laughs> Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't matter what race this kid is. Like I love his game. He's 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 legitimately good. And I granted I have seen yeah. I have seen him on YouTube for like 5 minutes total, but that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, about the same for me. And that's, uh, I actually watched this whole thing about how prep teams in Arizona, it's the new wave that all these kids are trying to play on these Arizona prep teams. Speaking of prep teams and guys that are there, they got this guy, Terry Armstrong, who's a six foot six shooting guard mm. that's apparently is supposed to be amazing. Not only do they have him as a shooting guard that's coming in, they have this other guy, Lester Quinones or something like that. He's coming from IMG also. So, Bad guy of the week, Sean Miller, number one recruiting class. He's got all these guys coming in. And despite the fact that he's sitting there coughing on the sidelines, he continues to get these recruits. And even when the recruits don't come, like Quinterly, they all want to be next to the bag. They all want to be next to Sean Miller. They all want to be a part of Miller time. And that is despite the fact that the FBI is seriously sitting outside, uh, you know, tape recording everything that they are doing in the building. I'm pretty which sure. Is beautiful. That's per- a bad guy move. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the top three recruiting classes on ESPN right now are Arizona, USC, and Louisville, which are three FBI schools. How great is that? That's like college basketball in a nutshell. It's like the FBI came. They they supposedly fucked up everything. The sport was never going to be the same again. And when the dust settled, all the all the all the programs that were implicated had the best recruits still. <laughs> it's great. What a sport. The 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 FBI the FBI for those teams stands for free bags inside. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice, Tate. Look at you, Tate. Tate's on fire with the God puns damn. today. Um, so my bad guy, I had I had a handful of options. Uh, I could have gone with Greg Gard. Yes, so who, many. Who got uh he got Micah Potter, who transferred from Ohio State. Micah Potter has con- has committed to to transfer to Wisconsin. Huge get for him. Uh Mike, Micah Potter's got to shave his head though. He, if he's going to be a Wisconsin guy, he's got he's got to get the buzz cut going. But uh, Micah Potter definitely feels like a guy who should be playing at Wisconsin. So he commits. That that could be one. Uh, I was going to also bring up the story, and maybe we should we should take a little bit of an aside here and talk about this because I found this story on the uh, that that the Chicago Sun Times wrote that um, apparently Brad Underwood is not recruiting Chicago well enough. Like this is. The, the the thesis is that Brad Underwood is fucking up the <laughs> Chicago recruiting scene, and I I mean of course I, I read the headline and I laughed for ten minutes. I was like, this is the funniest. There, there's it's becoming my favorite meme. The why don't why doesn't Illinois recruit Chicago kids more? Uh, everything about it's funny, and then you like you start like reading people's comments on things and and what the problem actually is, and there's so many problems. And no one, like everyone, is certain that they they understand what the problem is. But nobody, like some people, are like the 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 AAU coaches in Chicago are kind of they kind of have egos and they they want they, they want too much. Like they want to play politics and and it's a whole thing with them. And that's the problem. Other people that are doesn't like, sound like Chicago at yeah, all. Yeah, doesn't sound to play like politics. Yeah. That's cr- <laughs> a little corrupt, maybe, perhaps, yeah. perchance. <laughs> Other people, other people are like the the coaches, the Illinois coaches. Just uh, they 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 don't get it, 
and th- that's a that's a great one. Is like you don't you don't have to explain what that means. It's like he just doesn't get it. You know, like he just doesn't get us. Um, I don't know. It, it, the whole thing is fascinating. So I, f- I found that story. It's it's hilarious to me that that's that's going to always continue to go on. Like anytime a Chicago recruit leaves Chicago, why didn't he go to Illinois? Why did he not want to play in a cow town in the middle of the state of Illinois when? All the all the best guys in the '60s did when they were in Chicago. They wanted to play at Illinois. How come these kids now want to go to Duke and Kansas and Kentucky? I don't get it. It just makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. It is. Uh, it's a very interesting situation too. With uh, like how you play the politics of behind the scenes to get a guy out that you don't want to be there. It's like the Tubby Smith thing. You just start leaking that he just doesn't fit. Even if you don't really know what the identity is of your team, you know, you just say a guy doesn't fit in. Like in Memphis, they're just like, yeah, Tubby just doesn't get it. Right, exactly. He doesn't was, get what we're supposed to be doing at Memphis. That was exactly the same thing with the Tubby thing. He just doesn't get it. IU fans were kind of doing that with the cream, but it was more it was more obvious, like, what it was. It was just, like, recruit more Indiana kids. It's all, really all we want. And Because Kareem, like, legitimately just wouldn't call some of these guys. But I don't know. It's a, it's, it's That's just the best thing. It's just I th- this coach doesn't get it. Uh, anyway, he is not my bad guy. I was I was going to find a way to bring that up in the bad guy thing. Uh, my bad guy, Tate, has to be this. And it's a little, I'm, I'm stretching the rules a little bit, but this is too good to not make, to not give this guy some sort of a claim here. My bad guy. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Is the guy mm. who went to the Tennessee-Memphis game at FedEx Forum in Memphis, in downtown Memphis, and took a shit in the hallway and was arrested <laughs> this is your because guy. this is my bad this guy. This is your bad guy. He dropped it. He literally dropped the yes. bag. He dropped it. He dropped it right in the hallway. Um, this man, apparently, so he gets arrested. He, he tells the police, this is this is the best part. He tells the poli- police that the, the lines in the restroom were too long and he, I had to do what I had to do. That was his quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's a this, very bad guy line. I had to do what I had to do. This man's name, Chris Vernon. <laughs> That's who it was. Oh, at the wow. Fe- at the FedEx Forum. Dice. I don't know. <laughs> Calm down. Um, what a story. What a, what a story. And, and the weirdest thing is like, I, I sort of sympathize with the guy. Like if you're at a sporting event and the line's out the door and you're about to shit your pants, what are you supposed to do? Like what, what is the alternative? I mean, but he's in the hallway. Like he was uh, hold it malicious in. intent. Just hold it in. Just shit your pants? Shit in a broom closet. I don't know. There's, there's a place true. to go. You don't just... You know, or you like run outside and shit in the bushes or something? traumatize or? a bunch of people. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, it said, it's no re-entry. No re- I watched a guy right out of side of our office take a shit in the street, and I tell you, I haven't gotten over it. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it did say, though, in his defense, that he there was like a concession stand that he like went behind. Oh, near the food. Shit. Nice. It wasn't like he was he right shit, in the... He <laughs> shit near the food. Great. It wasn't. It wasn't right. It wasn't right in the middle of the hallway. Uh-oh. You know, when so. I saw the headline, that's what I imagined. Yeah, I imagined so he, it was he, like in Staples when I you're just, walking to the st- like. You know what I mean? When everyone funnels in, uh-huh. and it was like, "This is my spot." He, like, he dropped a bag though. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the he 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 dropped his drawers, dropped a deuce, and yeah. What does this segment mean anymore? It's like, <laughs> <who knows? laughs> I no one no one even knows. No one even knows. I will say this: I just watched this outside the lines thing, and it was about you know Marlins man, the the famous Marlins man. Mm. The whole story was basically. He was the he was the point of the pyramid to say Marlon's man went to a Yankees game. He went to the buffet, and the cocktail sauce got him and all of his friends sick. And then they did this whole report about how all these like arenas like they're they're not up to standard. The food is bad, and I just wish that they could redo that package and they just have the guy taking a shit behind <laughs> the little food <laughs> counter. <laughs> <laughs> just to like, this is what's going like, on in stadiums. You, <laughs> yeah, it's like you thought you liked that corn dog. Wait till you see what happened last week behind Wake the stands. Wake up, America! And it's just that guy. The best part is like <laughs> the, the funniest thing about all this is like 
the 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 the, the kind of guy who takes a shit in the hallway at a game like this is the same guy who's like on Twitter bitching about Tubby Smith and he's got to get out of there and like like the Memphis athletic department is is putting value behind these guys' thoughts. You know what I mean? <laughs> like these are the kinds of people that that like drive college sports. It's like we got to get the you know we got to make a change at the top. And you're like, oh wow, good good point, good sir. Point, good point. And you look into the who this guy actually <laughs> Stadium is. Shitter, right? He's taking shits at the. <laughs> His only news clippings are guy takes shit at Tennessee Memphis game, and guy wants Mark Emmer to answer for the uh, problems in the, the uh, college basketball landscape. Yeah. You know, those are the those are the two headlines. Those I'm are good. I'm gonna think of this that's guy. Good. Yeah, I, th- that's that's the trick, Kyle. When, when people are mean <laughs> to you on Twitter, just imagine it's this guy. Like anytime someone's like. All Nephew right. Kyle, you talk too much. Shut the fuck up. Just picture it's the guy who shit behind a concession stand. That's Talking shit idea. while shitting. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Or, He's my bad you, guy, though. Or you take a video of you taking a shit and send it to him back on Twitter. You know, send a message as, an aside, uh, as much as you can. As an aside, why, bad guy. Why, why are there... Maybe this is... Maybe I'm, I'm venturing into this is problematic territory. But why is it that every arena has like an equal number of men's and women's restrooms when... Like overwhelmingly, the guys, the, the people that go to these sporting events are men, and it, it just doesn't. Hmm. I, I don't, you know, makes you think, Tate. Is there something we could do, or can well, we get like, can we get like a rest, can we get like some flex restrooms, like like if if the if the if the show is like a show where more women are going to be there, we flip like some of the men's restrooms over to women's. Like, can we can we finagle that to where it's because every time I've ever been to like any event, one of the lines is out the door, and then the other gender, there's like nobody in there. Because, First of all, you just said gender, and I think we should stop. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stop it. Well, I don't see gender, and that's one of my rules when I'm in California. I just use whatever bathroom because we're supposed to. Aren't, we're supposed to I all have equal bathrooms. I see so bathroom, many right? rare so, dudes I, go out of the women's bathroom. It's yeah. not even yeah. fucking funny. What if he would have done that? Don't talk about me like that, Kyle. I, I go to the bathroom because <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm sure it you're one open of them. and available. I'm sure you're one of them. Oh, man. It's open and available. What am I supposed to do? Dude, there's more people than you anyway, think. You'd be surprised to learn who some of these people are. That's a uh, uh, th- what a story. That's, well, that, my, that's th- a good tease for the next podcast. We'll break yeah. that down. Bathroom guys. This guy. Any moving on. This guy who who took the shit is is definitely going to be a Duffy nominee at the end of the year. So uh, great story. That's that's the kind of stuff that makes college basketball so great. Um, all right, Kyle guy. We, we have we have one Kyle guy update. Tate. Uh, again, I don't know if you saw yes. this. Uh, the, the I did. You, you you know where I'm going with this, Duke. <laughs> the the I don't, I don't even know who to describe. I just say Duke fans. Um, do the the, the crazy. Barst- it's it's Barst- Barstool B Devils is the account. Oh, it's, it's, it's the Barstool, Barstool uh, for Duke. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's the bar. Which is the, the biggest affiliate. oxymoron in sports. Yeah. Yes. No kidding. Yeah. Uh. So so the Barstool account tweets something saying they're trying to get. KJ Mora, the point guard from UMBC, yes. uh, who is now no longer on UMBC, but he was on the team last year when UMBC pulled the big upset. Um, they're starting a GoFundMe to get Mora to come to the game, which I, I don't really understand what the GoFundMe is about, like the, the, to, to pay for the kid's trip, I suppose. I think that's just like the the default thing is like, I want to do something. Let me start a GoFundMe. And you're not really, it, you don't really think through. Oh, man. What what the funds are so like? What frustrating. Do you, you know what I mean? It's just like, hey, I have an idea. I should start a GoFundMe. It's like, well, that doesn't really make sense. I but hate all of it. Um, they start a GoFundMe, <laughs> I, apparently to pay for this kid's trip. Uh, and the plan is they want him sitting or standing with the Cameron Crazies when Virginia comes yes. to to Durham to play Duke, so that way he can heckle Kyle Guy and get inside Kyle Guy's head. Kyle Guy then takes that tweet calling for Duke fans to help out retweets it and puts a quote tweet and says, Wahoos, let's make this happen. So he's like basically staring down his trolls saying, 
I will actually donate to your call. Like he wants Virginia fans to donate so the kid is there as Virginia beats Duke in in Cameron Indoor. Is it for the second straight year? They won last year, right? It was the Ty Jerome shot, right? The, yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Exactly. So, there Which you go. Was, that that was kind of what I felt. That's what I found weird about this. So the last sentence of the original tweet is contribute some money and let's make Cow Guy weep. I, oh, I yeah, thought yeah. it was strange that they that they just pointed out Kyle Guy as like he was the reason why. I mean, obviously there's a lot of reasons why Virginia lost to UMBC, but they they specifically pointed to Kyle Guy, and again that, that shows the Kyle Guy, Kyle J Guy. In fact, is the uh, I guess still the face of the, the Wahoos face of the this year, despite yeah. yeah, despite all the all the times that we've tried to change it to Hunter or Jerome or whoever it may be. So it's still Kyle Guy they're going at, but. I, I don't understand why Virginia fans would pay money to a Blue Devil account to then get Mora to go to the game. Because it's, that's the only thing I don't get. It's I saying, like it, but I don't get it. It's saying we're not insecure. Like we're over it. We don't care. Like you, th- it, it doesn't phase <laughs> we're past us. It. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually not mad. I'm laughing. It's it's that move. It's, yes, it's like it's yeah, funny to me. It's funny to this is hilarious. Like this is. Do you think we're actually mad? You, <laughs> do you think I care about losing to a 16 seed last year? Come on, come on. No, no, I don't care. I don't care. I'm over it. That's that's pretty much it. I think that's the 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 idea here. Um, but I mean, it would be cool. Like if if the guy is there and Virginia fans donate a ton of money to help this guy get there, and he's standing, he's at, at courtside, and he's wearing his jersey from last year, and it's a big troll in Virginia, and Virginia beats Duke by ten or some shit. Like that would be awesome. That would be. I think that's like the vision they have in their heads. And now I don't think I don't think they've thought through the alternative, which is that like Duke runs them off the floor, and this kid is like high fiving all the crazies, and 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 uh, yeah, and it just I don't think they've really it, thought through that. But it's okay. Here, here's my alternative, KJ Mara. You get all this money raised to get you to go to the game. You ask for the money that they raised to get you to the game, and then you just don't come. That would be the you best. Just, you, That's pull, the best. <laughs> you pull the Adidas move like as a recruit. You know what I mean? You just get paid your $20,000, then you just don't show up. You don't come anyway. And then if they try to say something about it, you're like, why would I do that? No. Yeah. Yeah. You never gave me the money. I never saw the money. Yeah. What do you mean? Isn't that illegal? Yeah, Sue of me, course. bitch. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah take me to court. Come collect. Oh, that's great. That's um, my move, KJ. Kyle, do you have a guy? Do you want to contribute Kyle's guy of the week? I got a guy. Okay. I got a guy. You're going to like this one. Okay. He's on DePaul. His name is Pantelis Zedius. Oh, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The walk-on, sports, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, so Sports Center is, is my familiarity with him. Okay. But I just watched one of his teammates um, do, a, do a disrespectful dunk on somebody. Oh, you saw the clip. I of, saw the clip. Yeah. Of, he yeah, he, had, he, he didn't have his rec specs on. Then he took his rec specs on. Yeah. He put them on. He tried to get his uh, fucking quarter zip off, and he couldn't get it off. So he's like, fucking, I'm going to just stick in it. <laughs> he just was having a great time. Yeah. Did you see this? Best seats in the house. I think I would, I'd rather do that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good Kyle's guy pick. Way to go, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, way to stay on top of things. He, I'm really impressed here, with here, that. I'll, I mean, I'll give you a little... Anytime you bring up DePaul, it's nice. I'll give you a background information on that kid. Uh, he went to the same high school as Brian Bowen. He played He played high school basketball with Brian Bowen. <laughs> La Lumiere. So Saginaw? Yeah. No, it was La Lumiere in northern Indiana. It's like oh, a, La Lumiere. Yeah, it's like a basketball yep. factory. Who's an Indiana guy? It's just like popped up. Well, like no one that goes to that school is an Indiana guy. They just It's like a basketball pop-up factory that just oh, like okay. suddenly they... It's it's weird. it's like the Grand it's prolific Can- prep or one of the, it's yeah, the Grand Canyon Brewster, University of, of high schools. school <laughs> basketball is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just suddenly came out of nowhere and they're great. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah, that's that's a good pick. I, that, that's a funny video. I'm sure most people listening probably have already seen it, but yeah, that yeah, kid's a couple awesome. days old. I think. Yeah, that yeah. kid's awesome. So good pick, Kyle. Um, go go look it up if not. Can we do can we do a cow's guy this week? Oh yeah, do cow's guy. A handful of picks that we could do there. 
it's a ton of picks and a lot of former players that could come up. A lot of birthdays that are coming up in December for Cal and all of his former players. But my Cal's guy pick of the week is probably the most shocking pick of the week, and it's Rick Pitino. What? Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Huh? Cal, huh? Coach Calipari, he said that he thought it would be respectful to ex-Wildcats coach Rick Pitino if he returned to Rupp Arena and they honored him for oh the 1993 God. Final Four We team. have to be there. We have to be there if this happens. <laughs> I will move heaven and earth to be there if that happens. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> he, uh, put, 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 so they honored the 93 team. Rick Pitino was obviously not there, but uh, he was asked by Coach Cow to be there, and Coach and Rick Pitino tweeted this. This is on December 15th, about three days ago. He oh, said, okay. congrats to the 93 UK team. Proud of you guys and love the hell out of you. Thanks, Cal, for reaching out. Much appreciated. So I believe Patino will be back. I oh believe he God, will be in Rupp Arena. I, and, I, I, and I do believe that Coach Cal will honor him, which is beautiful. So the only way you can honor Patino in, in a thing like that is to do it as part of the team. That's the only way, I think. Because if if they're trying to do it... And they, th- already, they already missed the boat And there. they already missed the boat. Well, I guess I guess he had some other teams, right? You could do the... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he had some other teams. You could do the 96, yeah, and like five, however many, I can't do the math. The 90, the, the 20 year anniversary, the 96 thing um, has already passed. <laughs> Holy shit, we're old. <laughs> the 30 year anniversary of the 96 thing, I don't know. Um, they could have him back as like part of the team, but you could do, uh, you could never do a, 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 if they do a thing where it's like we're honoring Rick Patino, like Ohio State did with Thad Mata, where it's like, hey, we know that we kind of, we're over you and whatever, but we want you to come back now and honor you. Like if they do that, holy shit, that's going to be hilarious. And they try to, and they try to like hang, they try to retire his sports coat or whatever, sports coat in the uh, rafters or sports? whatever. Oh my God. That would be, that would be absolutely hilarious. I would love that. Um, I think, I think, I think the best thing that they could do with Patino is just bring him back and play like King Arthur music, you know, like he's going to Camelot and mm. he rides in like his oh, medieval yeah. times. That's what I want. Yeah. I want him to have his full moment in Camelot uh, in his beautiful place and and really enjoy it. Because I do think Coach Cow is trying to pander back to the UK fans. Uh, I had a Kentucky guy that works with my dad here talk to me last night about how a lot of those guys, uh, he was, he's a former player there, and he was saying a lot of the uh, Kentucky Blue people were very upset because they don't play good teams in Rupp. Um, they you know they play f- fairly Dickinson and all these random teams right. that are up, but they play all the big games on neutral sites. Uh, and he said a lot of people blame Cal for that. So I think Cal is trying to pander back to the to the blue you know the big blue fan base. But I don't think Rick Pitino is the choice. Yeah, you don't. You I don't know, know who you know told the way to, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know who advised him of that. You know the way to pander back and get maybe uh, a good game back and also get people excited. Uh, I don't know. Maybe play Indiana on campus and stop being a coward because mm. you had your feelings hurt because Christian Watford hit a shot once and. You were really, you really just had your feelings hurt, but then pretended like you were worried about the safety of your players. I don't know. That's just one suggestion that came to mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just a humble suggestion. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good pick, Cal's guy. I saw like Devin Booker's back, right? Then he dropped like thirty eight in the Garden. Um, I think John John Wall dropped forty on the Lakers in one. Uh, I, I was doing a little research for Cal's guy of the week too, but uh, Rick Pitino, I like I like where your head's at, Tate. I like your I like that pick. Yeah, John Wall had one of his best games in a long time. Also blocked Lonzo Ball that a lot of people were upset about. And you mentioned the Suns, so I have to bring up DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick in the draft. Uh, one of the biggest busts in NBA history so mm. far. Uh, Eighteen of thirty-one games, he's had a double double, and his past three games, mm. he's had twenty and ten. Wow, what a bust! Bust. You think, you think he's a bust. How much do you think I the mean, Suns regret that pick? My God. 
Yeah, I mean, just Jesus. so much. I can only imagine. Uh, let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of these games that went on. Certainly talk about the uh, the two big ones that happened that had people talking the most about them. Um, and then wrap this thing up. First, take a break. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. Nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. Plus, every purchase of Full, is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I have a SeatGeek app on my phone and it's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. Uh, we just use the SeatGeek app. Mark Titus and I will be in Chicago it's or true. North Carolina taking on Kentucky. It's true. We will be there. Oh, well, hold on. Hold uh, on. There's a- another game going on there as well. It's not just North Carolina Kentucky. My God, oh, there, you narcissist. There is? What, what's, the, what's the other game? Unbelievable. <laughs> the, the the varsity game will be the Buckeyes versus the UCLA. Uh, yeah, that's the varsity. Game. Oh yeah, yeah. The the women's varsity game. Yeah. Will, okay, that's good. Uh, best of all, OSP listeners get ten dollars off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code OSP today. Promo code OSP for ten dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek life's an event. We have the tickets, and also, I was just kidding. I'm excited to watch Coach Holtman coach. You know, we're we're gonna watch that too. That's part of your times. program, dude. You're you, you're officially in the program. <laughs> Uh, Tate, it's a player's I, program, all right? Tate, I want to talk to you about proper cloth. I want to talk to you about finding a dress shirt that fits, which is nearly impossible, as we know. Something is always off, be it the collar or the sleeves. Thankfully, ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier with proper cloth. At propercloth.com, you can easily create a custom shirt size and seconds by answering 10 simple questions. Choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles. From classic to business to casual to completely customize your shirt and get the style that you want. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buy fabrics that meet their high-quality expectations. Each one of their shirts goes through extensive quality control testing, so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning that if somehow your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. The whole process free. is risk-free. This is the future of shirts. These shirts are made completely custom for you, starting at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. For God's sake, stop it. Enough is enough. Start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash shining today. Enter gift code shining to save $20 off your first shirt. All right, Tay, we have, I want to talk about two games. Uh, as we said, there were, there were a lot of a lot of really good games, but um, as far as the two that I think the, the, that had the most national appeal, that had the buzz going into the weekend, that that people are talking about the most probably coming out of the weekend. Uh, Kansas beats Villanova um, in Allen Fieldhouse, and then Carolina beats Gonzaga. I, I offer you the choice. Which one do you want to talk about? Choose wisely. Uh, just know that whichever choice you pick, we are going to end up talking about North Carolina beating Gonzaga. So people are going to roll their eyes and be like, God damn, Tate, enough with the Carolina jerk-off session. So no matter what you pick, you're screwed. Um, but st- but maybe there's a way you can make this look a little bit better. So choose wisely. <laughs> well, let's talk about Kansas beating Villanova because okay, that's go. probably the most important game, right? That's a, that's the game that everyone's yeah, really talking is. about. That's the game that's it's on the top of the docket for everyone. Everyone's like, what's going on with Villanova? What's up with Kansas? Uh, you know, that that's what everyone cares about. But four November-December losses for Jay Wright is the only thing that I really 
really stands out to me for real, for real in this game. I mean, he's only done that three times before. I think it was like 2002, 2003, which is like way back in the day, 2011, 2012, when they had a really bad season. And then obviously the next season right after that, sort of the same thing, 2012, 2013. And it does come back to the five-star thing. Uh, with Jay Wright, for me, at least. And uh, I don't know. What, this Kansas team is trying to lose. And I, I want to hear they your really thoughts are. on that. I haven't watched this team. I, I, feel, I really feel like Bill Self is trying to create the controversy that he needs for his team to get better, but they just refuse to lose for whatever reason. And and, and this game was a, a perfect instance of that where I really did think Villanova was going to win this game, but somehow Kansas pulls it out. Yeah. Can, uh, the, the weirdest vibe coming out of this game, that, that Kansas is the preseason number one team in the country. They are undefeated. They have they mm-hmm. have wins over Tennessee, who is, as we know, one of the best teams in the country. They have they 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 beat Michigan State to start the season. They've now and then they they beat the defending national champions. Um and yet there's this thought that like Kansas is not good. Like if if someone if someone wanted to rank Kansas like fifteenth <laughs> in their top twenty five if Graham Couch put it as his ballot that, that Kansas was the fifteenth best team, I actually don't think that would be that crazy. I think like I would I would be willing to hear it out because now that they don't have Ozabu, like they're just a two man team. That's it. That's pretty much it. It's LeGerald Vick and Diedrich Lawson and those guys. They don't even really like play well together. It's just they. It's like Lawson kind of does his thing, and also Vick will will take like the dumbest shots in the world, but find a way to make them, especially if. It, there's like under eight minutes and we need a big shot here. He's, he's insane. I don't understand how he's going to keep this going for the rest of the season. Um, it's very, very strange, and yet they're undefeated. They were preseason number one. They're still number one. Um, and, and any reasonable, if, if you didn't watch any of these games, you would you would assume that like every Kansas fan is just on cloud nine right now. Like, oh my God, what a season we're having. And I don't think that's the case. And then on the flip side, like Villanova goes to Allen Fieldhouse, one of the toughest places in the country to play, plays the number one team in the country, loses by three, plays really well throughout this game, and yet you're sort of left with the same thoughts of like, man, Villanova just doesn't have it this year. It's very, very bizarre that like both of these teams on paper, where they're at, like coming out of that game, you would have thought like there should be some good vibes, but there's not, and I understand why there's not, and I actually don't think there should be, but it's just, I don't know if that makes any sense where I'm going with this thought that it's just very bizarre that like, I would have I would have assumed if you would have told me Villanova was going to lose to Kansas by three in Allen Fieldhouse, it would have been like, oh, yeah, that's probably a great result for Villanova. They'd probably be excited about that. And instead, they're like, God damn, what has happened to our season? This is wild. I don't know. And I don't know. If you remember the Final Four game, just watching how those two teams played, I mean, obviously they lost a lot of talent off both of those teams with Graham going away, and obviously you missed Brunson, DiVincenzo, Bridges, all those guys. But it is. it was shocking to see the difference in the just like the quality of basketball between those two teams because yeah. – I don't know about you, but I, I feel like both teams really don't have an identity right now, despite oh, no. you know what you what you said about Kansas. Like Kansas is the number one team de facto, but they're still trying to figure out who they are. And I think Bill Self wants to figure out who they are, and I think he needs a loss to uh, to try to figure out who they are because when you lose is when you can you know kind of go at your team and say, "Look, guys, this is why we got to be better. This is the reason why we lost this game." Yada yada yada. Coach speak, coach speak. But when you win, when you continue to win, and LeGerald right. continues to play like he's playing, it's like, what can you really? say to these guys that they're actually going to really take it and listen to because the results are the results. They're still winning all these games so there's no way to really get their attention which just, is, uh, I just find it fascinating yeah, because it, Bill Self really wants to teach them a lesson. Yeah, it's it's crazy man. Um, I, I can't get over Quentin Grimes by the way. I don't want to rip on the kid. Um, he, you know, he's a freshman. He's, it's, it's hard. Playing college basketball is hard. Um, I know this. I played it. Not to brag. Uh, 
But <laughs> um, Quentin Grimes starts the season twenty one points against Michigan State. Like we, we I, I loved yep. him. I was like this. I don't. I didn't really follow recruiting that much. I knew of Zion. I knew of Duke's guys. Um, but I didn't know anything about Quentin Grimes. I was like, holy shit, this guy's incredible. I love this kid. And he against Villanova Tate, one point, one assist, zero rebound steals or blocks, three turnovers and three fouls in fourteen minutes. And I just don't, I don't understand. It's not. I'm not. I don't even want to criticize him. I just want to understand. Like, how does this happen? How does the same guy that I watched torch Michigan State do that? And it's got to be. It, it, and, and that makes me think it's like something to do with like the the chemistry of the team, or just like the not that they hate each other, not that they're at each other's throats in the locker room, but just kind of how they how the pieces fit and how they play together and how they play off of each other because it's just very disjointed. That's what I mean. Like like it, it would be one thing if they were a two man team. Like say like Tennessee's kind of a two man team, right? Like you got Schofield and Williams, but those dudes play well together, and it's like we're on the same page and we're we're this is this is our team this is how we do it we're we, we got this song and dance that we do but it doesn't feel that way with with Vic and Lawson it feels like they're both just kind of doing their own things at the same time but they don't like do it together if that makes any sense I don't know there, there's no way to like prove this shit but that's just the vibe I, I get when I watch Kansas and it does feel almost like Legero Vic is a transfer I mean, as crazy as that is to say, because he was on the team last year, but it does feel like he came in and was just like an yeah. additional piece to the team. But now he is is same with. I mean, obviously Dietrich is a transfer, so that does make sense. But both those guys came in and they are just kind of being supplemented into the system, and the system isn't really being run how it's been run before. But those guys are good enough to win games because they are that naturally talented. So the talent is winning the games, not necessarily the way that they are playing. And in that first game against Michigan State that we met, that we talked about and we keep bringing up is because can't. Kansas was playing Kansas basketball in that first right. game, right. which is the crazy part. They went they went from playing the way that probably Bill Self envisions the team to play in the first game to they they've regressed with each week as as far as getting better as yeah. we get into Christmas. And I don't know, it, it's really just have, very man. it's the weirdest thing. That Michigan State yeah. game, I I we did it, we did the podcast after that night, and we were talking about how Duke was like obviously Duke was the talk of the night. They destroyed Kentucky, and I remember saying on the pod like, well, hold, look, everyone pumped the brakes because what I saw from Kansas was pretty damn impressive tonight too. I love this Kansas team the way they were playing they all like played well together they they were dominating the pain Azubuki and Lawson were were awesome and then on top of that Grimes had 21 points was hitting threes I was like Dotson was was playing well um there's a lot to be excited about and and it's it's so weird because they are still winning but it's they do not inspire me at all I don't watch Kansas and and get excited I, I do not enjoy watching Kansas until I don't know until like five minutes left and then LaGerald Vick's like yeah I'll just take the dumbest shots of all time, and all of them, <laughs> and they will go, go in. in, and all of them will go in. <laughs> um, speaking of, speaking of guys that take dumb shots that go in, uh, sometimes we got to talk about Carolina and Gonzaga, and we, we got to talk about Luke May. We do. Were you, did you go to the game, or were you not home yet? I did not go. I was not home yet. Oh, I, yeah. I did not go to the game. I was still uh, incapacitated uh, at the time with my uh, with my old man back, but uh, feel a little bit better now that I'm home and went to the doctor, which was nice. But at the time, I'm watching this game. Uh, I have never had so many times in my life where people yell out, no, 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 thank goodness. You know what I mean? <laughs> and in that Carolina game, that's pretty much what it was. And Carolina had to win that game as far as getting a real win on the season. Shot 54% from the field, 52% from three. 
three. Uh, Luke May, uh, you know, would just turn around and just throw the ball up and somehow would go in. He ends, he ends up getting 20 and 10. But the thing that really stood out to me in this game, and I want to hear your thoughts on it too, obviously, but I, it was just the rebounding. I mean, Carolina, that's what they do. That's mm-hmm. the way they win basketball games. I mean, they re- out-rebounded Gonzaga 42 to 21, so they doubled him up there, 14 to 5 on the offensive glass. And despite Dickie V continuing to bring up how great Gonzaga is as a program <laughs> and the fact that they're going to win 20 Calm straight. Down. I mean, how, how can they not? How he can brought they up, not? Hold on. How can he, they not? He brought up his book more oh. than he brought up anything else. So oh. let's, if you're going oh to bitch about Dickie uh, V, I'm bitch ne- about I'm, his Mount Rushmore book. <laughs> my goodness. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, how is this happening to me again? Uh, but but it was a very fun game to watch. It was a very you know offensive game, to say the least. Cam Johnson couldn't miss, hit six threes. Mm-hmm. And the seventh coming finally came which was the best part of my night. Seventh Woods finally showed he's the point guard that he, you know, I was hoping he would be the day that he stepped on campus. But he showed some signs, hit some big shots. And you look at that Carolina team, Roy Williams said everything looked good because shots went in. As you know, you make that joke all the time that, you know, if you make shots and take shots and they go in, everyone looks great. That was pretty much the difference in this game. Carolina made a lot of big shots uh, despite the defense from Gonzaga. And uh, despite, despite the fact that Corey Kispert tried his best to uh, to get into the uh, the Pargo and uh, Augustine, like some of those old Gonzaga guys that Carolina fans hate, uh, I a lot of comments from the Dean Dome that Corey Kisper was getting a lot of hate in this game, so I know that hurts your heart a little bit. Yeah, it, d- it definitely does. And I'm sorry, did you just did you just try to suggest that Gonzaga was playing defense? Because I refute that claim very strongly. That was my takeaway. Is that Gonzaga? They, Gonzaga. They were trying. Yeah, their defense is horrible, just absolutely horrible. And I guess if you're trying to make excuses for Gonzaga, you would say that they're tired. Um, they they need Tilly back, not because Tilly is talented as hell, but because. They don't have a deep bench. Like Mark Few obviously doesn't. He's got the the what's his name? Petrosov, uh um off the yeah. bench. Yeah, he's not bad. Um he can give them good minutes. But like outside of that, I don't think Mark Few trusts anybody that he's bringing off of his bench. And he's playing you basically he's he's basically like if, if you're Gonzaga and you're playing like a top five, top ten team in an elite game or whatever, you basically have to count on the four starters other than Kispert to play over thirty five minutes. And that's not the hardest thing. Like you can do that, but you I, you can't sustain that. I don't think. And luckily for Gonzaga, their conference is not that that tough, so they're not going to have to do that the whole year. But I think that's kind of uh, they've played a very very tough non conference schedule. Um, you could you could make that argument. And then you're going all the way across the country to play at Carolina. You're playing a team that loves to get out and push the ball, as we all know. Um, that basically what I'm saying, Tate. Bad matchup for Gonzaga. Very, very bad matchup. <laughs> it's a schedule loss and a bad matchup. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, their defense is horrible, though. And I think that's that's uh, something that we knew kind of even before they lost to Tennessee. But th- as is the case with most teams whose defenses are horrible, but they're still winning, it's like their offense is so great that maybe it's not going to matter. But then as we find out in college basketball time and time again, that eventually it does matter. And Because these guys are amateurs. They're not professionals. They can't continue to just play blistering offense at all times and there's gonna be games where you actually have to guard people and um i'm i'm semi-worried about that with gonzaga but it, they're gonna and get I'm back worried and about be fine. It, yeah because i was gonna say i mean when you look at that team and you just look at the minutes that were split up so hatchamira plays 35 minutes clark plays 32 minutes perkins plays 38 minutes norvell right. plays 37 minutes right and, yeah. and they all get you know it's like 17 15 20 21 those are all good nor- numbers for those guys and obviously those minutes, playing that many minutes but yeah, against Carolina, like those minutes, it's it's different playing. You know, like when you're when you're playing Carolina and you're playing that many minutes, that's a lot of running. That's 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 yes. exhausting. So, that's, 
Yeah, and it is, and it is weird to like as as I'm watching that game. I mean, you're you're just kind of waiting for one of those guys to come off the bench, like maybe Jeremy Jones or Petrusev or you know somebody else to come on that team and give them a little bit of boost off the bench. But they weren't able to find that at all. And then if you look at the other side of things with like the Carolina team, it's like you know Nazir Little's playing 21, Kobe White's playing 22. I mean, the only guys that played over 30, I think, are Luke May and mm-hmm. Cam Johnson, and maybe even Kenny Williams is right there. But they had guys. I mean, it was different. There were different waves of players that were coming into that game and as it was happening you could just kind of see the frustration on Fuse's face especially because you know you talked about those guys getting tired that's why so many offensive rebounds and you know so many second chance points happen for Carolina because you know Kenny Williams bricks a three but you know Seventh Woods chases it down because you know he's only playing you know 17 minutes so he's got you know fresh legs to get there and that's my only concern with Gonzaga when I was watching them it just felt like when they get to the tournament I mean obviously rotations will tighten and everything but if they do play a pace team like North Carolina, they could kind of get, you know, weathered down just from the fact that there's so many waves of guys coming in and, and, you know, you you get worn out. Like Hachimura looked worn out. He was tired because he had to keep going against different bodies that were, you know, rotating in, whether it was Garrison Brooks or, you know, Sterling Manley will come in for a second or whoever it may be. He was just kind of like, my goodness, can I just guard Luke May? You know, can I just just guard this guy? I'm going to get killed for this, uh, and that's okay. I'm a tough guy. I can handle it. Um, but it reminds me of the, the 2011 Ohio State team. Um, not not in how talented they are or whatever, but just like the 2011. You remember, you remember that team? The the They started like, oh, 20, I remember. They started like 22-0 and 0 or something, and then they lost at Wisconsin. Um, but they, they, they played six guys. And really, it was, they played five guys. Like They started Dallas Lauderdale, and then they would, they would bring Aaron Kraft off the bench for Dallas Lauderdale, and then basically just roll with those five guys that were on the court at that time. And that's what they did all season. And everyone, I, I remember because I, I, you know, we, we were undefeated for 20-plus games. We were the last undefeated team in college basketball. And it was obviously a great year, and everyone was excited. And then everyone, the, 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 the subplot was always like, but they have a short rotation. This is going to come back to bite them. This is going to come back to bite them. And luckily it didn't. We made it all the way to the Sweet 16, and then Brandon Knight hit a shot and beat us. Uh, but no, that, that, that's what kind of what reminds me of. It's like they're undeniably great. Uh, they have a great team that's good. How much does this stuff matter? I don't really know. We'll find out eventually. Um, but I think it definitely uh, matters against uh, North Carolina. I think when Kispert is the sixth man, it actually makes our team a lot better too. Because if they have Kispert coming off the bench, I mean, that's obviously a real weapon that's coming off the bench, which kind of changes everything. I also want to point out, I mean, I know we're talking about the Zags a lot, and they're going to win 20 straight, so it doesn't matter. You know, like we don't need to go crazy about them because, as Dickie V promised us, they will win 20 straight games no matter what happens. Uh, I do want to talk about Kobe White, a guy that you really adore and a guy that I am falling in love with by the day. Have I mean, I have not seen a Carolina point guard as far as, I mean, we talk about the NBA and joke about it a lot, but the guy, I mean, when he was splitting these screens and splitting these double teams and driving the lane and no look passing to, you know, Luke, you know, Luke May was so shocked by some of these passes, he couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I just haven't seen a guy look this like just polished from the start playing point guard at Carolina in a long time. I mean, Ty Lawson was like that, but there was still a bunch of growing pains. Ty Kobe Lawson was a different kind of animal. Ty Lawson was not no, this good. No, he wasn't. No. Uh, Kobe wasn't. I'm, I'm ready to say it, Tate. I'm ready to say it, please. He is my favorite freshman in college basketball. All of college basketball. Say it. My favorite it. freshman to watch. Uh, I feel dirty saying it. I obviously love Zion. But um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit of a hipster. Everyone's in on Zion. Uh, that's that's I, I gotta find the, I gotta find the second tier guy that no one's talking about, and that is Kobe White. I I I can't say enough good. Like I, when we went to Vegas, we were kind of talking about Carolina losing uh, to Texas and whatever, and 
the Kobe White Kerwin Roach thing and um and the problems that Carolina was having. He he still is consistently the the only guy that I like Kobe White could go 0 for 15 in a game and I would want him like taking the last second shot to to win the game for Carolina. Like he's the one guy I believe in. And I'm not a Carolina fan, so maybe that doesn't really, you know, maybe my opinion doesn't mean much with this kind of stuff, but as I'm watching the game, it's like he's so sure of himself, but he's not reckless. You know what I mean? He's not He's not irrationally mm-hmm. sure of himself. He's like, I, I. It's not Dexter Strickland. Yeah. Yes. And it's it's perfect. Uh, he he he's unbelievable. And and just the way he sees the floor and he he knows, like he he's, he he will shoot the ball off of zero passes. He'll just bring it up and stop on a dime and shoot it. But he knows like when to do that. He knows if I do that every time, that's not good. That's not you can't do that. But I but I can do it now. And I'm gonna make the shot now. But I won't, even if I make the shot, I'm not going to do it the next time down the floor because that's not what I'm supposed to. He he just has like full control of everything he's doing. He's incredible. He's my favorite freshman. I said it. And yeah, he should be your favorite freshman. And my my whole thing, my perfect example of why Kobe White is such a phenomenon as far as being a guy that is, somebody have to watch. There are two things. The first thing is he comes down one time on the break and he pulls the Phil Ford, which I mean, if you're a North Carolina fan, that is all you want to see, which is choking the national going title game? miles per oh, hour. Sorry. Yeah, no, against Marquette. Yeah, people remember that, of course. Uh, I'm sure all these young fans love that game. But the way that Phil Ford used to do this thing where he would go 100 miles per hour, and then as soon as he would get to the elbow, he would just stop on a dime without traveling or anything and just Mm -hmm. pull up and just hit that little jumper. Kobe does that and can get that shot every single time he wants to. He had one time where he did a jab step. He made a guy just completely fall down on his ass. You know what I mean? I mean, the way that the guy moves so quickly with the ball and can pull it back and do whatever he wants is crazy. And then he hits that three. I think it was 96-88. uh, or maybe 96, not 86. Maybe it was a 10-point game. But there's there's time on the clock. Roy Williams obviously wants to run a play, but Kobe just pulls up from deep from three, and he hits a 30-footer. And it's a it's not a good shot, but it is a good shot because mm-hmm. it's Kobe, right. and he can he can score it at will. And, and Roy wanted to yell at him, but instead he just grins. Because, but, I mean, th- there's no other person that should be taking that shot in the right. world, probably, that's playing on a North Carolina team. But Kobe can take it because, again, he is a scorer by—I mean, he's naturally just a scorer is what he does. But so I, when he takes that I shot, you, you don't feel like it's a bad shot. You, you brought up the the thing, the Phil Ford thing, that he, he knows that he can stop on the dime and get that shot every single time. But th- this is the difference between— like like the the one criticism I would have of R.J. Barrett and and we talked about this on the the video we did we we watched the Gonzaga Duke game um and we were at on Simmons couch and I was talking about this is that like R.J. Barrett knows that he can get any shot he wants on any defender so he takes that shot he's like I'm I'm one on one I can beat this guy so why would I not beat him and and Kobe White picks his spots beautifully. That's why that's why I love him is because he could do that shot he could get the get the ball on on either grab the rebound and go or get the outlet pass and just dribble up and stop on a dime and shoot it from 15 to to 25 feet every single time. And probably pull up from 3 if yeah, he wants to. Yeah, he could probably do yeah. that every single time. And to have the the maturity to say that to to know like when that's appropriate to do that, um, even if you do make it, because even if even if he does it every time and he shoots fifty percent, like that's not that's obviously not great for the team, because then all the other guys are getting froze out. They're kind of frustrated. It's like it becomes a thing. He just has the maturity to know now now would be okay to do this, and I'm going to hit this shot. Or you, I don't know, man. It's just it's crazy watching him play. It, he does not look like a freshman at all. So I love I love it. I love him. That's- I love it too. Do you think there's a chance after watching this game? Do you believe in the seventh Woods Kobe White backcourt? Yeah, why not? 
I don't, I don't That's think, what I'm saying. Kenny Williams had about 15 turnovers on his own. I, think I mean, pro- if I if I could just get yeah, Seventh Woods and Kobe White guard, out there, I don't know what you. Yeah, it's crazy. I think the point guard thing with Carolina is, uh, I, I I think it's a th- like everyone playing point guard at Carolina is probably the hardest position in all of college basketball to play. Um, but I don't think it's a thing where it's like a quarterback controversy where if you have two, you don't have one or whatever. I, I think like I, I think the issue with the Carolina thing is if is just a finding one. And if you find two, I think you can play them both together. That's not a problem, and and I think they both could handle it. Like Kobe, you could Kobe's a guy who's like, I'll I'll lead the break, I'll not lead the break. I don't give a shit. I just get buckets and I drop dimes. That's all I know how to do. Um, I don't think that's a problem. Like I think having you could start five great point guards at Carolina and you'd be fine. Well, maybe not, but um, yeah, I think I think that's the real issue. Like <laughs> Something when, like that. When you talk about like Carolina, like who plays point guard at Carolina, it's like can we find one guy to do it? And if you find two. Play them both at the same time. Who gives a shit? Like switch, switch it off. Like whoever, whoever catches the outlet pass, congrats, you're the point guard on this possession now. That would be fine. And and meanwhile, they got Luke May bringing the ball up sometime <laughs> on his own. Uh, so that that, that that's um, part of the problem. I, I just want I just want him to find Seventh Woods or Kobe White every time. But it was a good game. It was fun to watch. And I don't think there's much. I don't think there's too much to take away. I think being at home does. I mean, based on the net, you know, I don't even think Carolina moved in the net rankings because it was mm-hmm. a home win or whatever. Yeah. But I, but it was a quality win for them. So uh, and, it, and it's not a problem for Gonzaga. They felt I actually I think Gonzaga moved up a spot in the net rankings after losing to North Carolina. If that shows you how much the net really matters and cares about road wins so uh it, it is what it is it, it's not the biggest thing in the world me. but it does help carolina when it comes to you know resume and tournament time that reminds me i think uh i think on graham couch's ballot villanova went from unranked to ranked like 17th after losing two road games <laughs> <laughs> hey at least is they were they weren't afraid right. to go on the road that's yeah, right that's the that was that was the thing they were they were unranked on his ballot and then they lose at penn and at kansas and he's like all right 17th now <laughs> Uh, that's so great. I love um, that so much. Do we have anything before we go? We got to wrap some stuff up. I have I have plenty of shout outs I want to give, but I don't know if you did. Yes, get ready. I, yeah, start shouting it out. I got some as well. All right. Uh, so I want to I want to start br- very briefly, just real quick. Uh, Indiana beat Butler. I just wanted to shout out basically the Indiana Hoosiers as a whole. Um, I'm still waiting for the right time to kind of like do a, a long thing talking about them or like finding the right game where we like really break down IU. But IU is on a four game winning streak. By a combined total, their, their their combined margin of victory in those four games is eight points. Rob Fennessy hits like a double clutch 30-footer at the buzzer to beat Butler, um, which it, it that game had all the makings of like Butler winning. That's just the, the, the Crossroads Classic's the worst thing that ever happened to IU and Purdue because <laughs> like Butler wins every single goddamn game that they play in in that thing, and they're always... They're always like the underdog, or maybe not, maybe not in Vegas terms, but certainly in the way they're ranked or the way people think about them. And then they always, it's always a bunch of guys who didn't get recruited by IU and Purdue, and then they beat those guys. So for IU to like find a way to gut that out was awesome. Jordan Morgan had like 35 points. So I just want to acknowledge to all the IU fans who tweeted me, "Are you following the Hoosiers?" The answer is yes. I have my, I see what's happening. I, I'm, I'm giving you the official Chris Mack eyes emoji and the pointing down. I see it. I acknowledge <laughs> this. Down. I acknowledge this. <laughs> Yes, you know you know it is real. I mean, that was a big time shot too. That was awesome. I watched that. Uh, I watched the highlights of that. I didn't get to watch it live, but that was a crazy shot. I want to shout out Devin Booker, uh, Enos Cantor of uh, one of Coach. It was Coach Cal's guys. This was Cal on Cal crime. Uh, he tweeted out, "Hold that L, kid. Uh, talk to me nice or don't talk to me at all." Uh, with a picture of Devin Booker, and then Devin Booker did the uh, emoji where you slap yourself in the head, like you know, like SMH. And then he did the quote that they say every time. I guess when they go out and play the Knicks, he said, "Pick and roll at double zero." Every 
every time. I just love that so much. I, 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 just, I just love that trash talk on Twitter back and forth uh, with those two guys. And uh, yeah, shout out Devin Booker because that's hilarious. Um, d- d- we didn't talk about Nevada, did we? Nevada, uh, no. South Dakota State. Sandbagger. The sandbagger. Oh can we do a, can we, can we turn this into a segment? I think we need to turn it into a, a sandbagging segment where we, we, we officially, this is like the new Michael Porter Jr. mystery to me, is like we need to track the, the sandbagging that's going on with Nevada. Are you okay with this take? Should we turn this into a segment? Yes. I'm 100%. I mean, it's all about the must bus. We got to let it happen. We got to talk about it. I mean, it, it is what it is. We know what he's doing. We know what he's up to. I'm kind of worried that he's going to catch on to us, catching on to him, and he's going to, you know, tell us yeah. to nip it in the bud. But yeah, I let's mean, we, we got to talk about the sandbagger because he did it again against our boy Mike Dom. Let's, Mike l- Dom. let's turn it into a segment. Kyle, play the, uh, play the, uh, uh, we'll, we'll find the clip from Wedding Crashers that you sandbagging son of a bitch. We'll, we'll play that. We'll, that'll, I got that'll it. Be the, that'll I already be the got it. I already pulled it. it. I already have it. <laughs> Boom, baby. All right. Play, play the music, Kyle. Sandbagging, son of a bitch. All right, so just real quick, the sandbagging update is that Nevada was trailing South Dakota State 40-33 to 33 at half. They're down seven, Tate. Mike Dom is doing Mike Dom things. Uh, Mike Dom has been playing out of his mind. For some reason, people aren't – he's not getting – I mean, I get that he's playing at South Dakota State, but I, I really thought that, that he would get a lot of coverage this year because – he got a lot of preseason coverage, you know, like people kept bringing him like P- him and Chris Clements had the exact same amount of points. And all I ever saw was Mike Dom's quest to 3000 career points, you know, and no one ever talked about Chris. Like people, yes. people were on the Mike Dom bandwagon um, and he's been playing really well this year. We we covered how he went. Ve- he went vegan, right? Or he yes. went, yeah, he went. Vegan no, he went vegan for and then like they a lost, month. And then he said, yeah. and then he, yeah, then he said, I'm done with that. I'm getting fat again. Yeah, this is that was a terrible idea. And he, uh, anyway, I, there, there was like buzz around him or whatever. Like he was being talked about, and then now he's not as much. Um, but he's having a great year anyway. Uh, yeah, Nevada was down seven, and then they go on to win, seventy-two to sixty-eight. This is the theme from them. This is the third game in a row that they have had a significant deficit at some point, and just decide they want to flip the switch and um it's incredible which which comes back to the fact like what game will they have the san diego state game where they completely just blow it and they get down by 40 points and there's no way to come back you know what i mean because mm-hmm. i because i do think it will be san diego state again they play san probably. diego state probably. Uh, <laughs> at san diego state february 20th and that is the game i have marked it's either going to be new mexico or san diego state that they just completely get down by like 40 points and they aren't sandbagging. There's no balling. And it's that the, will be the time where Andy Enfield starts to clap. Can you imagine if LeGerald Vick played at Nevada? Just like, I think they would, I think they would literally spot teams 50 points to start the game just for fun. <laughs> and then LeGerald Vick would just start, like the Martins would start isolating. LeGerald Vick's hitting step backs in the corner with three hands in his face. Uh, it, it would be a joy to watch. Um, but yeah, the, those sandbagging sons of bitches did it again. Proud of you, Must. Yeah. Proud of the Must bus. Keeps rolling. Uh, Just any, keeps rolling. Anything else before we uh, wrap this thing up? We got some dirty laundry Kyle wants to get to. I want to shout out to Kendall Marshall for getting his degree. Mm-hmm. One of a uh, great point guard in North Carolina history. Got his degree this week. This is degree week. A lot of guys getting degrees. And also, I want to shout out Miles Turner, who was uh, part of the Cheez-It family. That was a tweet that Kyle found and sent over to us. He, someone tweeted that Cheez-Its are so nasty. I'm sorry. And then he, in all caps, went... Uh, go to your room, you insubordinate, uncultured millennial. The hell is wrong with you? 
And I think we need more of that. Yeah. I think we need more millennials yelling at other millennials, calling them uncultured millennials. Because, uh, you know, it's always good. It's the Spider- Spider-Man meme come to life. I didn't know I was a millennial until like a couple years ago. <laughs> I was like, no, but I was Same. born in the 90s. You I, did, the, I, I don't even... You work at the ringer. I don't even know that term. That's how it works. Well, I just thought like I was yeah. born in the 90s, so no, I'm not a millennial. But it's exactly what it means, right? I am. Yeah. Okay. I think yeah, it's very 90s, it's, baby. Yeah. I, well, I was looking like an idiot for so many years. I'd be like, guys, no. I'm not a millennial. And they'd be like... <laughs> Kyle, it's you're an idiot if, if you work, and you're a millennial. If you work at the ringer and you're younger than Bill, you're a millennial. That's the, really? Yeah. Do we know <laughs> the cutoff? Oh, well, I guess yeah, yeah, I see what you did there. But uh, it, by definition, I am, right? I don't who gives a shit, right? Is it who that, cares? I, I never heard no one ever called me that until I went to Carolina yeah, and who, you know, started getting around all those professors and stuff. You know, yeah. that's when they start making up all those terms. That's the that's So is it a real thing? Am I dumb? <laughs> it's a real <laughs> thing. Guys, am I dumb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, real quick. There you go, Kyle. Wanna, You're getting it. I want to shout out Rex Fluger towards ACL senior season. That is devastating. That's like the saddest story. Uh, not his, not his specific story, just the general idea of like a a season ending injury your senior year. That's that's the worst thing that could happen. Um, so it is the worst. Sorry, we, Rex. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, we feel for you, Rex. Um, also, Wisconsin Tate uh, scored 69 on Savannah State at halftime. We we need to shout that out. They 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 won the race to 69 before halftime. Um, and then one more thing I want to say. First team I, to do that. Wanted to shout out Jeff Bowles. Stony Brook is currently ten and two. He's my former assistant coach. One of one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth. He's the head coach at Stony Brook now. They are ten and two. Tate. They have played eight true road games. Eight true road games, and they have a ten and two record. Mm. He he lost to I believe he lost to Bill Simmons, Holy Cross Crusaders or, or C words. I'm the sorry. C words. Yeah, you're not allowed to say Crusaders. Um, and they lost to I think Brown, which isn't isn't great. So two, they're two losses. Not exactly. Great losses, but uh, ten and two nonetheless. So that's it. Uh, ten and two is impressive. The net, the net will love it. That's for sure. Yeah, the net will love. It. They're on the road. Eight, eight fucking games. That's yeah. Show some respect, net, right? Um, Kyle, you got some stories for us? I got some stories. All right, all right. You ready for dirty laundry? Let's 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 get into it. I'm ready. All right, this one's a long one, so I'm gonna have to jump around in this one. Uh, I was the manager of a D3 women's basketball team in upstate New York. God damn! I hope this is Potsdam. Um, the story this is, is mine. One of your buddies. It's okay. No, it's definitely not one of my buddies. I don't know who this person is. This is Kyle's is. entry. <laughs> no, no, I didn't go to games. Um, when I was hired as manager for my college women's basketball team, I was coming into position with very little. I can skip this probably. Um, my responsibilities including helping put together scouting tape, acting as a dummy on the court uh, when he was designing plays, and keeping game day running smoothly. Uh, my most important job, however, was to essentially spy on the team outside of practice. God damn, to make sure they didn't get into trouble. Once I got invited to the parties, the team would slowly feed me information to see how trustworthy I was. Nice. Uh, it started with them skipping class, then it jumped to partying the night before games and gradually increased. Since I wanted to keep their trust and keep getting invited to parties, nerd, I kept it to myself, unless I thought someone was genuinely going too far. One night near the end of the season, I noticed our senior point guard was not drinking at a party. While I knew she liked to drink, I didn't think much of it. Uh, when the party moved to the bar, she didn't join. Since I was 19 without a convincing fake, blah, I didn't go. Out of pure boredom, we started talking, and she told me that she had just found out she was pregnant, which is why she wasn't drinking. Uh, this was officially the line of where I thought I had something to say. Ultimately, I decided that if we made postseason run, I would say something. Luckily, we lost later, blah, blah, blah. During the postseason wrap-up, I had a meeting with the coaching staff to review what happened behind the scenes, and I think he, uh, God, he writes so much. Basically, he told them they were shocked that she 
had continued to play, but ultimately, since she was graduating off the team, they seemed to be less concerned moving forward. Uh, didn't make a big deal of it. What's the later what? and later, later? God damn. Uh, <laughs> fuck it. This is what I have to deal with, though. Later, Kyle, 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 is this the great American novel that you're reading now? Holy shit, dude. This, this is, is a great on, Gatsby. This is on a Twitter thing. Basically, she found out and she said that she was never actually pregnant in the first place. Um, and it was uh, and it was a test, and she or her boyfriend that was the captain of the football team means it's not Potsdam. We didn't have football. Wasn't happy about it. So he, he was a narc. Oh, that's the story. This, he was a narc. This, this guy is saying that he was a narc. He was a narc. But I don't understand. Like, what? Why also, would it be a problem if she was novelist. pregnant anyway? Are you allowed to be doing shit like that? I, mean, I don't know. Are you? Can you be taking is, charges it, if you're pregnant? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Can we get that on a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to take charges when you're pregnant? It's a good question. Well, no, so it must have been. I mean, was it one of those schools? That's like, the uh, argument against charges in basketball. <laughs> what do you mean? Are you going to do that when you're pregnant? <laughs> Was oh, it, no, but so was it was it like a Christian school, like a tiny Christian school no, with the rules it, and stuff? I think it's, it was probably a SUNY school. Yeah. Because I think it was D well, D three upstate New York, that doesn't mean SUNY. But. I love that I love that the players like got together and, and We're gonna tried test to, this yeah, motherfucker. Tried to smoke out the yeah. nerve. That's great. Here's a, here's a, here's a, this one's kind of lighthearted and funny. When I was a sophomore in college, uh we hired a certain former <laughs> head coach. Okay, probably have to get that out. Yeah, definitely um, cut that. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were seeking a video manager to record practice, I saw the perfect opportunity to get free Nike merch. I showed up my first day, stone to the bone, and started zooming in and out like I was recording a low-budget documentary. I was, very, <laughs> I was very proud of myself. The next day, the coach threw me a dry-fit shirt that was two sizes too big and basically told me to never come back. <laughs> next year, he would step down as head coach. <laughs> that's, that's good. good. Yeah, that's that's good. a good story. I, I like feel that. like I would be like, th- do that thinking I was like, yeah. You guys are, you know, you've never seen something like this before. Like, so, yeah. I bet I bet you're not used to, like, a, a real talent behind the camera. You're like, trying to get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, adding some artistic value here, like young Kubrick out of here, just taking so, the shots. So manager, like, pops the camera off of the tripod and just starts, like, walking around the gym, like, trying to get close-ups and <laughs> yeah. hit, hit the practice from different angles. And <laughs> I want the camera to feel alive. So, like, yeah. don't sit in the corner. Sorry for trying to show oh, you guys art. All right, that's I got good. one more. You ready? Yeah. Dirty laundry yep. about a player Tate definitely knows from his NBA days. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh nice. We don't I, know who it is. You can, leave, I, that, you yeah. can leave that part in. Okay. I was a manager for one of the teams who played. Uh, uh, this will probably give it away. My senior year, we played in one of the tournaments in Hawaii. Our star shooting guard missed the entire tournament because he, because on his first night in Hawaii, he got hammered with some girls from his hometown. They went skinny dipping in the ocean. He cut his foot on a seashell. He came back to the hotel oh. in the middle of the night. Oh, we know the story. For, oh, did we already tell this We did one? this last year. Oh, this well, guy sent, sent it, it again. In? Oh, you bastard. We, he told the story last year. Uh, well, then why? Well, I don't have any fucking stories then. We're done. <laughs> oh, that's it? <laughs> that's it. All right. There's one where he's like, uh, our coach called us all pussies. Thought that was funny. Oh, I nice. was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, depend, my, my it depends on the, in high school. So what? Yeah, it Who depends cares? on the context. If it's yeah. like a, it's like a, when I was a, on the seventh grade girls B team, then that's, <laughs> then that's <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. funnier than like I was playing for uh, Kevin Stallings. My JV girls <laughs> basketball coach called us a bunch of pussies, yeah. and my teammate was pregnant, which was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. Um, oh my God! What a are, can you take charges when you're pregnant? Is an all timer. I'm gonna. That's so fucking funny. Uh, Let's our, save that one. Write that down. Tate, you got anything else before we go? 
Uh, I do not. I just want to shout All out right. one more time. Seventh Woods. It made my whole life to watch him play so well against Gonzaga. Yeah, I love you, so Seven. Shout out Seventh Woods. I have a I have a quick am I dumb segment. Uh, I I had this thought. I was on the plane not too long ago, um, and I had the thought, Tate, am I dumb that I don't understand how air marshals work? Does that make me dumb? Um, I, I I was thinking. I was looking around a plane. There's like it, we were taking a flight. I forget, it might have been the Phoenix one. We we're going to Phoenix or something, and it was there weren't that many people on the flight. And I was looking around thinking there's no, I was watching like the flight attendants weren't really taking their jobs as seriously. Like when they're, the flight's not full, they get it kind of lazy with the the demonstration of how to get off the plane and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I was thinking like, is is there an air marshal on this flight? And I, there's no way there could possibly be. Seems like a be. waste of an yeah, air marshal. It, it seems like a waste. So then I started thinking, I was like, how many fucking flights there are in this country every single day? There's no way there's an air marshal on every single one of them. So how do they pick the flights that the air marshals get on? And then that got me thinking, like, how do you become an air marshal? Do you go to, like, air... Is, is that what Furman is? Is that the military school <laughs> that Furman is? Is, like... Like, do you have to go to school to be an air marshal? Is it, like, retired cops? Is it, like... Who are the air marshals? Um, furthermore... Well, it's, like... See- it's like secret shoppers, you know? You don't know who they are, but you know they're around. But, like, where do they come also, from? Also, like, I think it's... So if you and I want to be an air marshal, like, what do we have to do? Is, is it like, no, you, you we, we only take, like, ex-military, or we only take cops, or is it, like, who, who, or is it, there's, like, a specific no, air marshal thing? I have a... I, I know I someone who is air marshal. They went to college four years. That was Clemson, which is not a military school, and then they worked for TSA. I think it's, like, oh, you're really? in TSA, you buddy, and then you marshal? get, like, moved up. Yeah. Okay. USA I jobs. Say, I won't say his name, but but he went. But he but he doesn't make any money. You make like fifty thousand yeah, dollars. <laughs> Kyle's over there looking at the jobs. Just, you drug, saw their drug, drug testing testing like, background screening. For that reason, I'm out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want the job anyway. Um, I, I don't. So is it, it, it? My understanding is it's basically like my barbecue judge thing, where any any schmo off get the street certified. Yeah. can just like get certified. And then now yeah. you're an air marshal, well, and you can carry a gun on a plane. Is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, I don't pretty, know. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you just open the door to a lot of people being air marshals. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there's a sky marshal as well. What's a sky marshal? Is that different where, from an air marshal? I see air marshal, federal air marshal, sky marshal, oh and a U.S. Too air much. We're too deep. It's too confusing. Look, look. I found the first the, fe- the when you type in federal air marshal, the first headline that comes up is a CNN headline that says. Federal air marshals accused of more than 200 gun mishaps. So <laughs> obviously the, not the smartest people are being the air marshals. Yeah, yeah, 200 <laughs> gun mishaps. This year, ever? That's so, incredible. Something um, to keep an eye on. So maybe that that's actually the worst thing you want to see on a flight is an air marshal. Because I still think- they have a gun and they don't know how to use it. I think I'm... So, oh, here's another question. So if you're an air marshal, do you sit in the front of the plane as the last line of defense for a pilot? Like if someone's gonna rush the cockpit, you're there. You're sitting first class, so you can first tackle class. them. There's only like eight of those or, seats. I know, but I don't. I don't know, man. Or <laughs> or do you sit in the back of the plane so like you can like tackle them from behind as they're rushing the cockpit? Probably not first class, but around there, right? But around, like towards the maybe, front, maybe right? plus economy plus, know. like Delta Comfort. Yeah, yeah like yeah, Delta <laughs> Comfort, Comfort Plus. They have to pay forty seven dollars to upgrade their seat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, a little star next to their seat. They give them know, the full yeah. can of ginger ale instead of the I little just, instead of the little cup. I just yeah, uh, it's nice. I think air marshals. I still think I. I just think they're urban legend. I think it's like a thing that that people that they that some the government is it urban. They brought it up as a myth to to, to assure people that they're safe in the skies and that there's someone that's going to take yes. care of you if something bad goes hat goes. And there's not. There, air marshals actually do not exist. They're just a. Uh, yeah, that's if my any theory. air marshals are listening, please 
Well, yeah, there are people that are in on the conspiracy that'll respond and oh, say, man. I'm an air marshal. Let's take Tate's this to friends the top. Is in on the Let's conspiracy. take this to the top. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. It, it, let um, me just say this. If anyone on a flight with him wants to do something, it, you probably are going to be good. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it. That's all we got. We'll see you guys next time. Can't wait. All right, before we get out of here, one last word from Proper Cloth, the leader in men's custom shirts. Having trouble finding shirts that fit folks at propercloth.com. Ordering custom shirts has never been easier. Create your custom shirt by answering 10 easy questions. Shirts start at $80 and are delivered in just two weeks. Perfect fit is guaranteed. If a shirt doesn't fit, they will remake it for free. The whole process is risk-free. You have nothing to lose. You must be out of your mind if you do not take advantage of this. For premium quality, perfect fitting shirts, visit propercloth.com shining and use gift code shining to get $20 off your first custom shirt today.